important details. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Two Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. You know, Ryan Fagan momentarily from the Sporting News, bottom of the hour or thereabouts. Nick Olson from uh, CycloneAlert.com will catch up on the weekend. Uh, Iowa State had recruiting-wise. Now, that coming up and then Trends Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors that before we get out of here at noon. Ryan Fagan covers MLB for the Sporting News, and he joins us. Ryan Trenton Cannon, Des Moines. Thanks for coming on, Ryan Fagan. How are you? I'm doing great, fellas. How are we doing today? Doing well. Um, I want to start Cubs cards with you. I will get to Joe Madden and the streak that the Angels are on in, in a second. But, man, this five-game set, uh, we don't get a lot of five-game uh, five series um, at any time in the regular season. I enjoyed each and every one of them, uh, of the games this weekend. The Cardinals uh, won the last two, taking uh, going to extra innings and getting it done. This Paul Goldschmidt, the tear that he has been on, I mean, I don't think he can sustain it, or can he? <laughs> I mean, if anyone can, it's the guy who, you know, it's funny. Like, you ask his teammates and even his, his opponents, what stands out to you about Paul Goldschmidt? And they all say consistency. And it's almost like, it, it's almost like that word's not enough, right? Because consistency, you hear that and you're thinking, okay, well, he's consistently okay, Right. But he's consistently outstanding. You know, I got asked Tommy Edmond kind of to describe what he's been on. And he said he's, he's basically doing everything I've ever seen him do at a level that I've never seen him do it. Wow. Right? Because he's just kind of, you know, he just, he, he's locked into the plate. You know, I mean, I think there was the game against, an afternoon game against the Padres on June 1st. And the first 10 pitches he saw were outside the strike zone because the Padres looked at what he had done and said, okay, well, we're not going to give this guy literally anything to hit and then you know in that third at bat he finally got a pitch to hit down the middle and he ripped it for a 107.5 mile an hour line drive single right you know and that's just kind of what he's doing right now is he knows which pitches he wants to swing at and he's waiting for them for the most part and then he's putting them to play very hard um with, with a lot of aggression uh, when he does swing and he makes contact and yeah he's i mean he's just doing things that at a level we we have not seen from from many people uh, in quite some time. Another guy making a lot of contact right now for the Cardinals, Brendan Donovan. He's got the hair. Yes, he does. And he just, boy, does he feel like a St. Louis Cardinal. You know, a mid-round guy, wasn't a high draft pick out there, just grinding away, hitting the ball, making contact. He really embodies, to me, a St. Louis Cardinal. they got a decision to make, though. Injuries are going to play a part here. How sustainable, how long-term do you think, Brendan Donovan is with this team this year? Well, I think here's the thing about Donovan and guys like him, you know, and I don't mean to sell him short by grouping him in immediately with other people, but, you know, the value that he brings is he can play so many places, right? right? And I think that's if you're going to survive a year, you're going to have injuries. Like, every team is going to have injuries, and it's how do you how do you weather the time guys are on the short-term DL or the long-term DL, right? If you've got a guy like Donovan who can play multiple positions, that really helps. And I think that's one of those things. He's the kind of guy that 
once he gets to the majors and he shows that positional versatility and he shows that value, you know, as they're trying to make roster decisions, you know, as guys get healthy and, and, and the roster fills back up, you know, which is a good thing if you get guys back off the, the IL. But as they're trying to make decisions, he's the kind of guy who sticks around because right? he can play those multiple roles. And I think that's, you know, what he's done. Um, you know, he's played a lot lately. I think in the grand scheme of things, maybe he's not a guy who's in the lineup every day at a different position, but that's kind of what they needed, and he's done a good job with that. But, you know, in, in the longer-term picture, he's a guy who helps out here and there and can come off and, and get a good at-bat as a pinch hitter late in the game and come in as a defensive replacement. These are the kind of guys you need. Gunned out Patrick Wisdom at the plate. We're uh, playing right field. Next in, he's at second base. <laughs> your, your point's well taken. You know, let's do uh, Dodgers in the Mets. A four-game set. Uh, the Dodgers took the first two after being swept by the Pirates, which is a head-scratcher, but that's baseball, right? Uh, and then the Mets come back and take a couple. One, uh, the yesterday's game goes to extra innings. Um, what did we learn about the Dodgers and the Mets after this four-game of this uh, over the weekend? Well, I mean, they're both very good teams. You know, I think that I think everyone has kind of waited for um, the the other shoe to drop with the Mets. You know, and I kind of maybe like a team. I think we might talk about here in a minute uh, on the West Coast that started out so well and has kind of fallen apart. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't know that the, that's going to happen to the Mets this year. You know, I'm not saying it's not going to happen because they've they've had a lot of injuries. You know, obviously, you know they haven't seen Degrom yet this year. Scherzer has missed time. Um, you know, they, they've had pitchers miss time. They've had players, you know, Francisco Lindor has been better lately, but he still hasn't been like uh, the consistent guy that he was in Cleveland. So, you know, I think the Mets have just done a good job of overall. They've, they've had a lot of guys contributing. The, their pitching has been solid. Their bullpen has been pretty good. You know, I think this, when you look at that, uh, that National League East, I just, I, I'm not sure how the Phillies can compete with the defense that they have, right? It's just, it, it's so bad, especially when, I mean, I don't think they ever imagined the scenario in which both Kyle Schwarber and Nicholas Castellanos would be starting in the outfield every single night, mm. right? But in, in, Joe, in Joe Girardi's 51 games as the manager this year before he was lead of his duties, he had to write both guys into the defensive lineup 37 times out of the 51 games. And I... I'm sure every time he did it, he just like, man, hopefully this is the last day. But, you know, because of injuries, that's that's what's happened. And you know, so I think the Mets are sitting in a very good position in in the NL East. Well, we have lots of free agents coming, and of course, the trade deadline here just uh, what a little less than two months August away. The second, I think this yes. year, yeah. yeah, with a little bit pushback from the old July 31st. Aaron Judge, well, he's not going to be traded. No, about that. Oof. But the contract, first of all, the decision by Judge to turn down a seven-year, $213 million extension looked ridiculous at the time. Now, with the season that he's putting together, looked like Aaron Judge maybe betting on himself was the right decision. How big of a contract, ultimately, do you think turns out for Aaron Judge, and is it somewhere else other than New York? Well, I think part of the, the issue with the Yankees uh, and Judge is they were kind of, they looked at his track record and said, okay, well, when he's there, He's been very good, obviously, very, very productive at an MVP type level. But you know, I mean, he, he has he'd only gone over 100, what, 150, 130 games a couple of times. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they kind of said, okay, maybe we don't want to pay all this money to a guy who's had. I don't think trouble staying healthy, but he hasn't been the 160 games every single year type of guy. You know, and Aaron Judge says, well, I can be. 
right? And I'm going to bet on myself that I can be. And, you know, I think if he goes into free agency, you know, he's not 26, but he's not that much, much older than that. If he goes into free agency off two years where he's finishing top five in the MVP and playing 145 plus mm-hmm. games, uh, I mean, with what he's done, I, you know, you, we look at, you look at power numbers in Yankee Stadium and you look at Anthony Rizzo and say, hey, it's a good thing he's there. You look at Matt Carpenter hitting home runs, and you're like, hey, it's a good thing he's there. Uh, you don't look at that at Aaron Judge and say, oh, it's a good thing he's playing in the Yankee Stadium because mm-hmm. this is a guy, obviously, who has power that plays everywhere. But, yeah, he's he's really put himself in, in position to to land a very a very nice and lucrative deal. Boy, I'll say. Well, let's go from that coast to the other one. Let's get to those Angels who have now lost mm-hmm. 11 in a row. They will get set to host the Red Sox for four. Here come the Mets for three before they play two against the crosstown rival Dodgers. So that nine games, uh, nine upcoming games doesn't get any easier. So what, if anything, does this mean for Joe Madden? What might he be uh, the second manager jettisoned after Girardi last week? Um, is Madden's seat just means got to eat when you lose 11 in a row and everybody that covers baseball, follows baseball, watches baseball, wants this team in postseason. It's not going well. Yeah, it's it's been rough, and I'll, I'll be honest. I had not looked at their upcoming schedule in those terms, so that is that is a little bit eye opening. But yeah, I mean, I think part of it. I mean, everything that went right in the first month and a half, whatever it was, is just gone completely the other direction. I mean, Mike Trout, you know, is I think what is he over his last twenty six? Jeez, right? You know, Shohei Otani has not been the same. Uh, he's had a couple of rough outings as a pitcher, even though he's still on on track for a very good year. And I think it's going to be interesting to see if where he factors into that MVP conversation, if he's just very good as a hitter and very good as a pitcher, is he still the MVP? If he's not as good as he was last year, I think that's a fascinating question. We'll have to see how that plays out. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't, I tend to think that Joe Madden is not in, in danger at this point. You know, I think that he still is the guy that they believe in. I think that he still has, um, even though they haven't produced, obviously, at the level they want, that they expect when he's been there for this time, it's not always been his fault, and it's not his fault. Mike Trout is over 26, right? You know, I think they, they had Taylor Ward, who got off to such a great start. He's on the eye. He's hurt, yeah. You know, it's one of those stretches that everything has gone wrong, and I think the question is, and, you know, Madden State will ultimately be determined by that, is, is how do they bounce back from this, Right. You know, I mean, I think you can look at history and find seven, ten game stretches where eventual World Series champions were awful, right? And I'm not saying the Angels are going to be there, but the question is, is how do they re- re- rebound? How do they respond? And, you know, it doesn't help any that at the same time they have been scuffling, the Astros just are not mm-hmm. losing. Um, you know, I think that it's really kind of uh, – the, the timing of that has not been great for the Angels. All right, so a weird story that – I didn't get full context on Saturday night. It was late. Maybe had a couple of pops in me. And <laughs> oh, the Dodgers, the pitching yeah. deal. Yeah. So, all right, nine four game. It's a five run deficit. You cannot use a position player to come Who in. Who knew that? Well, apparently, Buck Showalter. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. You know he did. He knows that thing front frontwards and back. But it's a nine four game in today's baseball. To just all intents and purposes, give up for Dave Roberts. That that was maybe the most surprising part for me. Uh, take it away. What do you got for us, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a little surprising. I think usually you see in games that are, you know, eight, nine, ten runs. And, but, 
I mean, uh, in the Mets, how many times the Mets, I want to say offhand, twice this year the Mets have come from five back, mm-hmm. right, to win games. So it's, I mean, the Mets know it's certainly know it's very possible. You know, it's just it's a weird. The whole thing is a weird situation, right? It's not something you would expect to see. Um, you look at that Dodgers lineup, but I know you know not everyone is healthy and in the middle, you know, in there that they expect to be. But I mean, that is still a lineup that's capable of putting up a five spot. And you know, as good as the Mets have been this year, everyone can have a bad day. You can have a bad outing. Uh, a couple pitchers, you know, throw a couple balls out of the strike zone. Batters get on. A bleeder gets through. A blooper drops. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a, a lineup that can put together some runs. And yeah, to see to see it go down like that, it, it certainly was kind of odd. Uh, last thing for me, Ryan, and nobody pays it. To, well, we we used to. But what's uh, what year? 2014-15. We had a lot of attention to the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Uh, they're seventeen <laughs> and thirty-five. I mean, I, we thought that we saw baby steps, right? We thought uh, they're trending in the right direction in a division that we thought the White Sox would run away. Maybe they could might finish second. Well, they got the worst record in baseball, and it's getting worse. Um, I, I posed this to Trent last week. You know, do you run Matheny? But what's his response? What good's that going to do? And he's kind of right. Dayton Moore, however, has been calling the shots there for a long time. What is going on with the Royals? And um, I mean, you hate to see this for their fan base because it's a beautiful stadium. They they support Kansas City Royals yep. baseball, but man, it's going bad. Well, I mean, I think there there are a couple things. Obviously, the pitching. It feels like we talk about this every year, right? The pitching doesn't do what they expect it to. You know, I think Brady Singer is kind of a, a an example of that. You know, he he has not ever been the guy that they thought he could be, right? And then he has a really good month of May, and you're like, okay, maybe he's turning it around. And then he has a a bad start. I think you look at you look at the at bat they continually give to guys like Carlos Santana and Ryan O'Hearn. And especially when you look at some of the players that they have at Omaha, at AAA, who are producing. And I know Royals fans are frustrated when they see these players, these guys in the lineup that they consistently run out there, you know, and and it's frustrating for them. You know, I think you look at some of the things and, you know, Whit Merrifield has been better as of late. He started out absolutely horrendous. You know, you feel like he's going to be there, right? He's going to be and produce at a level. I mean, he was an all-star last year. You know, you have Bobby Witt Jr. out there, and you know that it's going to be, you know, as a rookie, you're going to go through ups and downs. But I think when you look at the track record of guys like Santana and O'Hearn and what they've done or have not done the last couple of years, and you look and see that they're still being marched out there every day, in Atlanta, but I think that's where some of the frustration falls. And, you know, I don't know if that's all Matheny or, you know, how much of that is an organizational direction, um, uh, a mandate that, that they get playing time because they're being paid the money. I, I'm not sure. But, yeah, it's, I, I thought that this was a team that if a couple things went right, they could challenge. They could kind of be what the Twins have been this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has not happened at all. And it, it really is kind of disappointing. Speaking of those Twins, they still maintain a four-and-a-half game lead in the division over the Guardians. White Sox a half game back of that, five games back of the Twins. Is it the Twins' division, or do you see the White Sox getting healthy and making this one a run? What do you see in the American League Central? Well, I still think the White Sox are going to be in that mix. I think Cleveland is telling that they're going to be in that mix, especially if you know, Jose Ramirez is going to continue to do what he's done this year. I mean, averaging more, is he still at more than an RBI a game or he's still right up there? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's been a couple of days since I checked. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's been incredible. You know, I think the, the 
Uh, Cleveland's been as a whole better than people thought they might be. You know, they've certainly had their dramatic you know, uh, Josh Naylor moments this year, and it's been fun to watch. Um, I, I thought the Tigers were going to be better. So you know, we talk about the Royals' disappointment. I think if you're ranking disappointments in the in the Central, Detroit's number one, and it's not even close. I really thought that was going to be a better team this year. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. I think if you're looking at teams that might um, have some sort of change, you wonder about the White Sox too. You know, one, do they do they stick with Tony Larusa? Does Larusa want to keep staying there? I think these are the questions that you know aren't going to come to a head anytime necessarily soon. But if they're still five games back, you know, in August, and it looks like they may not be one of the teams in prime spot for uh, a wild card, which, you know, is very possible because, you know, the Red Sox have been better lately. And I think the, you know, the ALEs could, could wind up taking all of the wild cards this year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see if, if the standings look just like they do now, if they look like that in August, what happens? Is, is Matheny still there? Is, is La Russa still there? I think these are the questions that are going to be interesting to see how those, are answered by that point. Ryan, thank you for uh, retweeting uh, Lindsey uh, Barra's uh, tweet this morning about yeah, her grandpa. Cool, yeah, it? it really was. It really, really was. Of course, on the anniversary of D-Day, Yogi Bear, part of a six-man crew uh, that uh, was launched on Omaha Beach and provided covering fire for the troops going ashore. And uh, as, yeah. as his granddaughter put, the most important team that he was ever part of was that six-man crew that provided that yep. covering fire. Ryan, thanks for doing that. Thanks for doing this. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you down the road, Ryan. I enjoy it, guys. Thanks. Thank you. So do we. Ryan Fagan, Sporting News, as we catch up with the Ryan Fagan. Yeah, how about that? Arguably the most important team that her grandfather, Yoga Bear, was ever part of was the six-man crew and a 36-foot boat dropped into the waters off Omaha Beach to provide covering fire for the troops going ashore. Wow. Wow. 36. So it was 1944, June 6, 1944. Unbelievable. We will take our time out. Come back. Iowa State conversation next. Look forward to catching up with uh, Nick Olson. CycloneAlert.com. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Why should you apply for a career with Wolf Construction? It's exciting and it's fresh and it's new every day. It creates new challenges and opportunities each day. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else but Wolf Construction. You can look around and go, wow, look what we've accomplished today as a Wolf team. Wolf offers competitive pay. The benefits are great. They have a matching 401k. Don't wait. Apply today at Wolf Construction. Get on board here. Join us here at Wolf Construction. Sign up and let's go. Wolf Construction is a great place to be. Apply today. WolfConstruction.net. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com. 
but you can rent it. The Grumpy Goat Tavern provides a rustic, comfortable atmosphere with reclaimed barn wood, sleek modern finishes, and a one-of-a-kind environment that you have to see to believe. Featuring a fresh menu, friendly neighborhood service, 50 tap beers, and sports. The Grumpy Goat Tavern is the place to be for any occasion. Catch all of the games all summer long at the Grumpy Goat Tavern with two locations in West Des Moines and one on First Street in Ankeny. Grumpy Goat is more than just a restaurant. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern. <laughs> the biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circus Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circus Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com. Iowa.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Seems like yesterday. It was long ago. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Nick Olson covers Iowa State. He'll join us momentarily. Coming up before we get out of here, Trent's Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors it. One NHL game and a kind of an abbreviated schedule of MLB games tonight. That's coming up here at about 10 minutes before the hour of noon. Nick Olson, he's been busy covering uh, camps at Iowa State. Big recruiting weekend going on, and he joins us. Nick, Trent, and Ken. Thanks for coming on, Nick Olson. How's things? Always good to be back, guys. Things are things are busy. It's going to be a fun, busy week in the world of recruiting here at Iowa State. Indeed. We'll get some of those visits coming up. You know, before we do, Scott Dockerman joins us from The Athletic, and uh, he covers Iowa in the Big Ten, but he also uh, pinch hits every uh, with an Iowa State story at The Athletic as they do not have a, uh, a writer. Um Mention a kid by the name of Cartavius Norton that, that for whatever reason, Doc's got his eye on him as a guy that, you know, like Brees Hall, it took him a while to get going, right? It was, I think, four games into his freshman campaign that he took the mantle and, and ran with it all the way to New York uh, as a second-round pick. What do you, This Cartavius Norton, um, what do you see when you, when you, you know, what, I guess what's kind of buzz uh, in names around him? Yeah, other than Hunter Deckers, he was a name that maybe popped up the most, you know, kind of this spring. I was really impressed with kind of what we were able to see, limited practice. Uh, He he wasn't able to, you know, kind of make all of the practices late. Uh, I believe he tweaked his his calf, nothing too serious. But, yeah, I actually wrote and, you know, kind of tweeted about him. I felt that he's kind of the most pure rusher on the team. I'm not sure if he's maybe the best at this moment or – the most versatile when you're kind of looking at, you know, being a pass catcher out of the backfield. I might like another back here and there, but he's certainly destined to make some noise this year. And I would say, you know, especially you look at what might happen with, with Jirel Brock, you know, maybe he makes it to, to the NFL pretty soon or something like that, or, or they kind of have a split backfield, but Norton is definitely likely to make noise this year and potentially be another star running back at Iowa State. Well, he was one of, what, seven guys, I think, that enrolled early. A few other guys went through spring practice, a little bit of buzz there. When you kind of look at the freshman class, either guys that are already there on campus or guys that are becoming here in the next week or so, who are some of the names that you're looking at, the freshmen, that you anticipate are going to see quite a bit of playing time? 
Yeah, so I really like, I'll be consistent with Greg Gaines. You know, I'm not sure exactly where he'll kind of fit in the depth chart right away, but he really might be the most talented pass catcher on the team right now, other than Hutchinson, of course, right now. I like him. I like what I've seen from from Rocco. Obviously, he's not going to be starting this year at quarterback, but man, he can make every throw, can move a little bit better than I anticipated as well. And then tight end Andrew Keller. I think that he will... You know, love to see kind of what he can do at fall camp and things like that. But I think that he could potentially be somewhere in the mix, even just on special teams early. And he's likely to fall in the line of Chase Allen, Charlie Kohler as another really, really impressive deep threat tight end here at Iowa State. The staff is very excited about Keller. You know, there's a lot of buzz around Chase Allen making your Bears. Oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of folks that cover the Bears that uh, go ahead and buy a jersey if you're a fan of tight ends. That uh, they think he's going to make. We we shall see. Well, what did you see this weekend uh, as you uh, covered these camps that are going on? Uh, seemed like there was a lot of kids that they had out. Who were a couple of names that uh, stood out to you, Nick Olson? Yeah, that was a really cool experience. Obviously, you know, kind of my first time there. About say 180 to 220 uh, young athletes there. Most of the coaching staff, some of the current team is there kind of working with guys and and training them. And there are a few guys that Iowa State had offered prior that kind of, you know, matched what I would have anticipated. If they have an offer, you expect them to be some of the best players. And, yeah, I'll I'll give you a few names. Carter Nelson, a tight end out of Nebraska, just a sophomore, already got four, I believe, power five offers, Iowa State, Kansas, Kansas State, and I think Nebraska – He's another big body, 6'4", 6'5", really can make every every catch kind of what we were able to see, decent route running ability. He'll need to add muscle as he continues to develop. But he was really good. And then a couple of linebackers, Jason Kelly and Mason Miller, they'll both be priorities for Iowa State down the line. A couple more sophomores, really versatile. I had the chance to speak with them after the camp as well. And I think they're starting to build those relationships with the staff Obviously, to be at the first camp of spring and kind of, or summer, I guess, and to make that trip already with the offer, that shows they're generally interested as well. And those are three or four names that I would continue to follow down the line. It's a little earlier in their recruitment process. You told us last week you were uh, talking to a few recruits, including some local guys here, Jamison Patton. I got to see him out on the Diamond Wednesday night called the Ankeny Ankeny Centennial Game. What's the latest on Patton and commitment time what are we looking at when is he going to make his commitment to wherever he ends up yeah so he shared with me that he's likely to make it a little sooner than he kind of initially anticipated he was a guy that was likely to wait later into the summer maybe closer to his season now i would probably expect it in the next four or five weeks tops i do think he's a guy that's committed by july i think that it's still a tight race you know i've I've said really since January or February that it will be one of the tighter ones in the state. I think I felt like Iowa State had kind of distanced itself in probably March and early April, and I would certainly still say they're the leader. But even though Iowa has two safeties, they're not really backing off in terms of recruiting him. He's taking an official to Nebraska next week. I've got a hard time seeing him leave the state, and I think that commitment does come soon. I like where the Cyclones are for Iowa State. But I think it's a little tighter than I kind of expected when I went in to speak with him and, and J.J. Cole last week at the school. Would you call him an Iowa State lean? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Like, like I said, if I picked right now, I think it's Iowa State. He's projected there by several of our, our experts on the crystal ball. But, you know, just from talking to him, usually I can kind of get a read. We've definitely developed a relationship. And I, I kind of expected, based on how hard Iowa State's been pushing and the fact that Iowa already has two players at his position, I thought, all right, this is really looking good for Iowa State. But I still think it's pretty tight. I think it'd be a major win if they not only land him but can get a commitment before the Iowa official in a couple weeks. Well, J.J. Cole's pushing, no doubt about that. Let me ask you about the uh, (laughs) – you wrote about him. I think he's a 23 kid um, from uh, Fargo, I want to say, Alinius Davis, a big defensive lineman, a big defensive lineman. He's got a bunch of offers, uh, but Minnesota is one of those offers. Does he leave the state, and is there a chance if he does, he just comes uh, south of the Minnesota border to Ames? Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance. I actually wrote he didn't end up making it to one of his official visits that he was supposed to this weekend at another school. So actually, I do believe it's going to be between Iowa State and Minnesota. The staff has done a terrific job there, and I think he likes the role that he would potentially have with the Cyclones. But, you know, credit to the Gophers. They're building a nice class and a lot of in-state guys. I think if I had to pick right now, he probably leans Minnesota. I know that that offer meant a ton to him, and I think he really likes Coach Fleck up there as well. But certainly, I think that if he makes it to the official here in Ames, Iowa State's got a decent shot. Liking Coach Fleck, and that's one I can't get around. <laughs> hey, uh, Nick, what a jump over, speaking of crystal balls, to the basketball side. Saw a couple weeks back you put your crystal ball prediction at 24-7 in for Omaha Blue to Iowa State. But I saw last night, Deshaun London, one of you guys' top recruiting experts in basketball, he also put a crystal ball in for Iowa State. Is that where it's trending? Is that where the conversation continues to go? Omaha Blue, when he makes that commitment, it's going to be to Iowa State. Yeah, I think that if he plays college basketball, I do really like Iowa State's chances. I mean, it's, it's no secret how hard this staff has been pushing. I think that he generally really likes kind of the the feel and the atmosphere of the program. He's shared that with some of our writers as well. Obviously, Iowa State doesn't land a lot of guys of his caliber, so he'd certainly have a clear-cut role. He's got a terrific relationship with multiple members of the Iowa State staff, and he's a guy that's obviously going to try to get to the NBA pretty quickly. This is a big-time program. It sounds like the other programs maybe aren't pushing quite as hard as Iowa State is, I think that's something that he really welcomes and appreciates with the Cyclones. Like I said, multiple members of the staff really putting in that effort. You know, obviously the head coach, but also assistant coach J.R. Blount has done a really nice job with that recruitment. And I think that if he plays college basketball, it will be here in Ames, which would certainly put some more excitement into a program that's obviously getting back on the right track as well. Uh, They lose out on A.J. Green, who's going to stay in the draft. So they've got a scholarship available, correct, Nick? And if that is the case, uh, what are the plans with that scholarly? What do you think? They do have one available that, yeah, they held for, you know, A.J. I was was mentioning that it was getting close as things kind of got down the line. Obviously, he's chasing his his pro dreams there, and, and we hope that works out well, of course. I think he's gained a lot of interest for Iowa State. I'm not necessarily sure that they're going to use it. I'm certainly under the impression that they're not going to use it just to fill up the spot. Uh, There have been some feelers out there. Illinois' Jacob Grandison, that was formally reported by John Rothstein over the weekend. He's got Iowa State in his top 
eight to ten, I believe I saw, but there's some major big time programs in there. I expect there to be some feelers out to a couple more just shooters and guys that can simply get the ball in the basket. But if you ask me right now, I don't think that that's necessarily going to be used just for the sake of using that 13th scholarship. Nick Olson covers Iowa State at CycloneAlert.com. CycloneAlert.com. Nick Olson joins the program. He'll be back with us next week. Thank you, Nick. Anything you got, by the way, before we let you go, you've got coming up this week you'd like to promote? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you asked. I expect there to be at least one Iowa State uh, commitment, maybe two this week. And then obviously there's a huge official visit weekend. We're going to have tracker, live interviews, reactions. So it's a huge week, and I'm pretty excited to cover it. Good stuff, Nick. We'll talk to you next Monday. Thank you, Nick Oson. Thank you so much, guys. Good to hear from you. CycloneAlert.com. Nick Oson joins the program. Uh, Trent, my favorite Iowa quarterback of all time, carted off practice with the Jags, C.J. Beathard in OTAs today. was just Apparently he was on the ground for about on his pro football uh, this is Florio's site, profootballtalk.com. Multiple mm-hmm. reporters at Jacksonville. CJ was carted off the field, uh, down on the field for several minutes before the cart came to take him off the field. It's uh, what you uh, anticipate. Guy just fighting to be a backup. Yeah, but an, I mean, look, look at the money. that's on. Jace Daniels. Sage, I'm not, I don't know how long he's, he's been in the league for a while now. He's right. starting to accumulate that, uh, that time. That's, it's unfortunate. Boy, I loved watching him play. He was a gamer. Oh, he's tough as nails. Tough as nails. My favorite QB of, of, of in... Um, I thought it was Kyle McCann. Well, I like him too. I I, liked, I felt bad for Kyle McCann. C.J. Beathard's toughness, though, wins the day. That's 11.45. Trent, speaking of win, can he win the night? Uh, we'll find out next. Circus Sports sponsors its play of the day. It's Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3. <laughs> Des Moines homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small, flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happiness. Life. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners, but did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Mills Civic in West Des Moines. 50th Street in West Des Moines. Ishin.net. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. 
Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit circusports.com for Why should you apply for a career with Wolf Construction? It's exciting and it's fresh and it's new every day. It creates new challenges and opportunities each day. I wouldn't want to work anywhere else but Wolf Construction. You can look around and go, wow, look what we've accomplished today as a Wolf team. Wolf offers competitive pay. The benefits are great. They have a matching 401k. Don't wait. Apply today at Wolf Construction. Get on board here. Join us here at Wolf Construction. Sign up and let's go. Wolf Construction is a great place to be. Apply today. Wolf Construction. For details. Hi, right, Miller Condon. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Monday. Murph and Andy coming up at one. The Fanatics at three. Six games on the MLB slate. Uh, all of them under the lights tonight. One NHL game, Western Conference, where Colorado seems to have a stranglehold on those Oilers. They're up three zip. What are you betting on tonight, Trent Condon? We got two in baseball, Major League Baseball, one in hockey, and been looking around a little bit at some of the college baseball. Watch a little bit of that over the weekend. Watch oh, now of... you're a dangerous man. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this is where we get in trouble. <laughs> Keep an eye out at the Action Network. You can find my picks if I add anything to the slate. But I'm just looking at some of these totals. I mean, some of these games, 20 to 11, 14 to 10, just ridiculous totals. Who were the two teams from the Pac 12 last week that was like 25 22? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. Was that UCLA? I don't against, remember. I got a future, a couple of futures alive to get out of the regional coastal Carolina and UCLA today. But just looking at the totals in these college baseball games 13, 13, 14, 12, 13, 14 and a half, 17 and a half for Arkansas, Oklahoma State. They're at the end of their rotations. They've used a lot of pitchers already. I'm going to be crunching some numbers. Don't have anything specifically right now, but keep an eye. I'll add to that. I do have two for Major League Baseball. Give me the Guardians tonight, minus 107. Quantrill's on the mound for them. Uh, Against the Rangers, that one's at home for Cleveland. I'll lay the minus 107 there. Boston, how am I getting plus money? The Angels with Syndergaard, who hasn't been great lately. And Michael Walker's going for Boston. Who's Look at his numbers. Right. Isn't it nuts? I hope that he has kind of rejuvenated his career. Does the 11 losses in a row maybe have something to do with it? Plus 108. Give me the Red Sox all day long. I will jump on that. Never bet against the streak. I am not going to do it here. Red Sox plus 108. And the Oilers get the gentleman's game. I'm with you. They extend the series plus 116 at Circa. Is it that much? On the Oilers, getting plus money with Edmonton tonight. Yeah, well, uh, Colorado's the best team. They're up 3 nothing in this series. Um, I don't know whoever comes out of the East. Uh, the Rangers seemingly were about to go up 3 nothing when Tampa Bay scored three on answers to win that one, so they will resume tomorrow. But, man, Colorado's just a different level. You think I have problems betting on college baseball? Is that what you're telling I me? I kind of thought for a second, Trent. You watched a couple of games. Now you figure you're an expert. And you I got, got, it, I got it all figured out. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Well, I, I do know. I, I, I like the fact that you put a little thought into the fact that we're seeing a ton of runs scored in this mm-hmm. and that they are getting to the end of the rotations. So maybe you're on to something Some there. Some huge numbers, though. This is baseball. 17 and a half, the over under. Uh, I think the Royals Jays tonight is nine and a half. I think that's a total. big one in MLB. That's on ESPN. Plus. We're out of time. Murph and Andy at one, the Fanatics at three. We're Miller and Condon. Trent and I are here, well, every Monday through Friday from 10 until noon. High school baseball oh, tonight. Oh, yes. Southeast Polk. Yes. What 7 time? O'clock. 7 o'clock. See you tomorrow.